0: Old buddy, 100 days away from kickoff in Norman, and in exactly 100 days, it might be hotter than the face of the sun because we just found out about 30 minutes ago, OU UTEP, 2.30 Central Time on Fox. Several other kickoff times have been announced. OU Nebraska is at 11 a.m. you got the Kent State game in week two, 6 o'clock. Uh, the Iowa State game moved from Thursday to Saturday, but I think what everyone wants to talk about, Parker Thune, is the fact that OU Nebraska is week three. It's going to be at 11 a.m. on Big Fox. Text line, let's go, 405-651-3439. It's a road game, so are you bummed? Are you happy? What are your feelings toward the 11 a.m. start time uh, in Lincoln for week three? I, Parker, you're a native of the state. You know I'm looking at the 2.30 game week one saying, oh, my God, it's going to be hot. What's the temperature going to look like in Lincoln uh, week three for an 11 a.m. kick? Yeah,
1: that's a great question, Tyler, because the climate fluctuates in Nebraska so much. It could just as easily be 90 degrees that day as it could be 40 degrees that day. So, hopefully it's a nice, seasonably balmy fall afternoon in Lincoln. Or well, I guess suppose fall morning in Lincoln when they kick that yeah. off. I, I I am displeased. I, know, yeah. I did not want to see this game kickoff at 11 a.m. but you know what this is the price that Oklahoma has to pay for Nebraska's decade of mediocrity and misery
0: is that it or it's just Fox got you know the first or second pick it's a really good game and They wanted to put it at, you know, their viewing window of 11 a.m. Like, we always say, uh, the 11 a.m. games are the worst games. Well, Fox has kind of prioritized that 11 a.m. window. Is it that, or can we just blame Nebraska for all that? I can blame Nebraska. Yeah,
1: I want to blame Nebraska, Tyler. Let's just go ahead and collectively agree to blame Nebraska for this.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I still think it's going to be an awesome trip. I can't wait to make that trip. Um, but yeah, I, I would have preferred two 30 or even a nighttime kickoff. It's still going to be cool, but I wanted to see Lincoln at its best, man. I've never been to Memorial stadium before. I wanted to see that place jumping. And again, it will be jumping, but it's just, man, it's really hard. Almost impossible to recreate the same scene that you have at two 30 or a seven o'clock kick. than you have at 11 AM. I, I mean, that's just this. Human nature, man, it's just hard to have that real feel at 11 a.m., but I guess some fans might be cool with maybe that place not being as raucous as it could be if it was later on in that afternoon. I I don't know. I'm interested to see what the text line says, 405-651-3439.
1: I mean, so far the reaction on the Air Comfort Solutions text line is, you know, pretty predictable. Dumb 11 a.m. kicks are silly. I cannot express in a radio-appropriate manner how sick I am of 11 a.m. kickoffs. Uh, Can't keep it PG to describe my feelings towards 11 a.m. kickoffs. Uh, So uh, pretty much of one mind thus far on the Air Comfort Solutions text line as far as the 11 a.m. kick. Hey, Tyler, I I would say the bigger news is that OU Iowa State isn't going to be played on Thursday night anymore, which I think is a huge plus.
0: Yeah, okay, well, I'm glad that you said that, because I, I looked at that and I said, okay, this probably shouldn't change my opinion of the game and how it's going to go, but it changes my opinion of the game and, you know, the trap game status that I think that I saw before on a Thursday night. Maybe that's totally wrong, and I have no idea how to quantify how many points that could even potentially mean. But I'm I'm with you, dude. Um, that game's gonna be that that game has a chance to be at 11 a.m. potentially. But I like playing Iowa State on a Saturday much more than I like playing Iowa State on a Thursday,
1: especially coming off a of bye week too, because at least you have some semblance of normalcy in your schedule off a of bye week. And bye weeks have not been kind to Oklahoma in recent years. Obviously, it is a new dawn. It's Brent Venables. It's no longer Mule Shoe, but still. Always kind of got to be wary of your opponent coming off a bye week. So the fact that the Sooners will be able to approach their practice week on a normal schedule, I think should be an encouragement that that game is going to go as expected up in Ames.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the only downside to me is, okay, you're going to play Iowa State on Thursday. You're going to have the Saturday off. And then the following Saturday, you get Baylor at home, which... I mean, I, I think Baylor's in the top three of, of toughest games that you're going to play. Maybe Baylor just overall is the best team that you're going to play this year. So the only downside to me is you don't get that extra couple of days to prep for that Baylor game. But I, I still prefer that Thursday game me being moved back to Saturday. But that's strange, isn't it? That That's really strange. Like it, from the get-go, it's for a while now. That was set as a Thursday game. I know TV dictates everything, but that was a big shocker to me that they're going to move that back to Saturday. That's, that's, that's it. That's interesting.
1: Well, you got to consider when that game was scheduled, right? At that point, there was plenty of belief that not only was Iowa state going to take a huge step back heading into the 2022 season, but so was Oklahoma. Now, you look at where the Sooners are trending under the leadership of Brent Venables, it's pretty evident that they're going to be a contender again in 2022. So I think at the time they were counting on that being a pretty meaningless big 12 game that nobody, nobody really care if they scheduled it midweek. But now that there's some buzz surrounding Oklahoma and some folks who believe that they could not only win the big 12 championship, but make the college football playoff in 2022 things change.
0: Yeah. Yeah. 11 a.m. kickoffs are bad for my liver. that's on the text line. <laughs> uh, I can't stand 11 a.m. kicks because I work Saturday's hashtag oilfield. Uh, 918. I agree it's hard for the crowd being too rowdy when the fans are still recovering from their hangovers, reliving the glory days that's from uh, DB. Uh, this one says 11 a.m uh, kickoff perfect for me. Go to Omaha Friday from South Dakota. Lincoln Saturday, then back to South Dakota on Saturday. Well, there you go. Someone from South Dakota saying, 11 a.m., let's go. But as someone that's coming from the Norman, Oklahoma City area, here's here's uh, here's my kind of thing, Parker, is I, I just told you that at 2.30 night game, I feel like you get more of a rowdier feel at these type of environments. But one of the most fun things for me going on a road trip, especially to a place that – I've never been. I've never been to the state of Nebraska or Lincoln or or a Nebraska football game. I'm jacked for this trip. But one of the more fun things about a road trip weekend is the Friday night before, man. You know, you get to check out an area, kind of, you know, what their setup looks like, what their bar scene looks like. I think that's one of the more fun things outside of the game. And then, you know, maybe getting to hang around and, you know, just just kinda, you know, have a few maybe before kickoff. It's a lot harder to do at eleven A. M. So not only do I think it affects like the actual game experience, I, I really feel like it affects the Friday night before, the Saturday before the game. It kind of really affects the whole weekend experience, unfortunately.
1: I think a lot of folks would agree with that. But then again, the silver lining and getting an eleven AM kickoff is the game's over by two thirty and then you actually have most of your Saturday ahead of you. Then you got the after party, right? So it's kind of a give and take in that sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, if, if it was week one, because week one of college football this year is legit. Week three, eh, <laughs> a little bit more watered down. So, yeah, I, I mean, that is an advantage of 11 a.m. kickoff As you get done. You get to check out all the other games. But – I don't feel like there's a whole lot of great week three games, especially compared to to week one. So maybe some people are able to, you know, check out the game and they don't have to spend the night in Lincoln or Omaha or whatever. They could drive back on Saturday. But I, I don't know. I'm not going to complain about it too much. But I am like most people on the text line. I do wish this 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 game was later on in the afternoon or at night. But unfortunately, that's not going to be the case. Oh, well. Hey, is it is it better than uh, the games in Lincoln back in the 70s and 80s where the uh, game time temperatures seem to always be hovering around 8 degrees in late November? Would you rather have an 11 a.m. kickoff in September or a 10-degree game in late November in Lincoln? Ask yourself that. Yeah,
1: as I've mentioned before on this show, Tyler, the only game I've ever been to at Memorial Stadium in Lincoln was in 2008 when Nebraska beat what was then a very formidable Kansas team. 45 to 35. I want to say temperature at kickoff was like 12 degrees and it only got Woo. colder from there.
0: Man. <laughs> no, no, I think I'd rather just uh, go ahead and go to the 11 a.m. game than go to a game that cold. I am uh, not built for that, dude. No pay-per-view game. First time in a long time. No pay-per-view game. That Kent State game is going to be, that's week two, 6 p.m. Uh, kickoff. That's cool on ESPN+. Plus. So, technically, I mean, you're still going to have to pay for the game if you're not going, but it's on ESPN+. Plus versus a pay-per-view broadcast. That was one of the things, Parker, where a lot of people are happy at uh, on social media is, yes, no more 40 or 50 or however much they charge for a pay-per-view game in Week 2 against a team like Kent State. Yeah, I think that game
1: actually might be... <sighs> Look, it's not going to be a close game. I'm not trying to say that, but... Kent State is a better opponent than say Western Carolina was last year. Sean Lewis has a fun little team out there in the MAC. So that'll be a game that'll be worth spending the what 7 bucks for to get ESPN Plus yeah. and we, 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 the pay-per-view fee was like 54.99, wasn't it? Like it was something obscene. Yeah,
0: yeah, somewhere in that area. Uh, also, we we found this out I think last week. The Texas game is going to be on ABC. There's still no kickoff time announced yet. But, man, I I got to think that that one's going to be 11 a.m. Maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe they would just announce 11 a.m. already like some of these other kickoff times. But, I, look, man, I, I, I've just grown accustomed to this game being 11 a.m. I would just go ahead and bet on another early morning at the Cotton Bowl.
1: And I, I actually like OU Texas at 11 a.m. Maybe that's just because that's the only thing I've ever really known at least as far as the games I've covered, but I like that time slot for OU Texas just because of the whole surrounding experience, the state fair, the aftermath. It's it, That's one of those games that's legitimately fun at 11 a.m. You can't say that about a whole lot of football games, but I don't hate the 11 a.m. slot for OU Texas.
0: I'm just telling you right now, dude, it's going to be hashtag Team No Sleep uh, September 18th, or excuse me, September 17th in Lincoln, Nebraska. Friday night in Lincoln, because OU fans are going to roll up there, man. Oh, yes, they will. A- and we've seen road games. We've seen road games in the past. What? Like, I- I've always heard that Ohio State fans were like, dang, we've never seen this many opposing fans coming to the shoe before. This is incredible. OU fans rolled up to Columbus. They rolled out to Knoxville. They rolled out to South Bend. Anytime you got a legitimate non-conference game, OU fans are going to travel. But since this is such a drivable distance to Lincoln, the, and with all the excitement that's surrounding the program right now, um, it's not going to be an easy ticket, but this might be, Parker, outside of like an OU Texas game. I don't know. I, I think that this could be like maybe the biggest turnout for an OU road game that we've seen in a long, long time just because of the logistics of the situation. I feel like Friday night in Lincoln's going to be a pretty good time. We all got to get up early the next day, but OU fans are going to be everywhere in that town uh, that weekend in week three. Yeah, it's
1: going to be fun. And, hey, you know what? Omaha's a 45-minute drive away. Actually, not even 45 minutes if you – if you drive expediently through the hills of eastern Nebraska, so you know that's where I'll be. So let's all uh, let's all hang. We'll uh, I'm sure we'll be up there Friday to do the show. So whether that's in Lincoln or whether that's in Omaha, yeah, that's that is a weekend that everyone should be looking forward to, both for the sake of the renewed rivalry, for the sake of the Lincoln experience, and as well as just getting excited about a non-conference yeah. game, which you can't do every year.
0: I'm going to lock myself into something. Um, I already have the feeling that I'm going to seriously regret it. Um, Parker, though, go ahead and write it down, whatever you need to do. Okay. 100 days. What? No, it'd be about 114 days out. I'm going to have an 11 a.m. Uh, runs a sandwich at Memorial Stadium in Lincoln. Ooh. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. It's
1: a risky proposition yeah, there, there
0: it. Tyler. It's, it's a it's very risky prop. Runs a, runs a sandwich for breakfast. I, I'm I'm going to do it. Um, I'm mark it down. I'm super nervous about it. I think it could be a terrible idea and potentially ruin the entire weekend. But I'm going to do it, man. If I can't get the full experience of Memorial Stadium in a later afternoon game, I got to at least eat one of those weird cabbage sandwiches that they eat in the stands.
1: Okay, let's let's just clear things up. It's not a weird cabbage sandwich. It's a lot more like a loose meat burger than anything else. The cabbage is just kind of there. Like it doesn't taste like cabbage.
0: Gross. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Light it up today. Man, I'm at the Omni in Oklahoma City. We got the OU Coaches Caravan coming up later tonight. Soonersports.com slash caravan. You're looking for something to do tonight? Doesn't start till 630. Soonersports.com slash caravan. It's going to be awesome. Ginny Baranchek, Porter Moser, Britt Venables is going to be here. They're all going to fire up the crowd. Don't miss this if you're in the Oklahoma City area. Five-stop on the caravan tour. More to come next right here on the Homeless Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune live on the ref. We are the Homeless Sooner fans live at the Omni Hotel in Oklahoma City. Why? Well, it's the last stop of the OU Coaches Caravan They got a lot of tables out, so they are expecting a big crowd to welcome in our own Toby Rowland. Actually, I don't think Toby's going to be here tonight. He's got a baseball game to call. To uh, welcome in Joe Castiglione, welcome in Porter Moser, Jenny Baranchek, and Brent Venables. And, of course, a lot of the ref team. We're going to be out here tonight as well. Parker's going to be here. TJ's going to be here. I think Travis Davidson is going to stop by as well. And you know the drill by now if you listen to the show a lot. Come by, show me proof that you have the ref app. Just search K R E F in the app store. If you don't have it already, show me a proof of the app and you're going to uh, walk away with a free ref t shirt, which Parker, I think that you've seen those T shirts. They're pretty unique in terms of they're dedicated to the Sooner Caravan tour that we've been taking. They're a they're a really, really cool T shirt. Again, all you gotta do is download a free app to get a free T shirt. I don't know how much easier we could have made it for everyone.
1: Yeah, legit. I mean, they have Tyler McComas' name on the back of them. So, if you want yeah. to show your loyalty, yeah. not just it, to the Sooners, it it. not just to the Caravan, but to Tyler McComas, co-host of both Locked In and The Rush on K-Ref, grab you a free even T-shirt. You don't have
0: to wear it. You can use it as a washcloth since uh, it has my <laughs> name on the back of it, man. Hey, um, prayers go out to Kendall. I know this is a really, really tough day for him. But uh, Ben Harris has entered into the transfer portal. There's been no bigger cheerleader of Ben Harris's career than Kendall on the text line. And uh, he announces today that he has officially entered the transfer portal. And he's excited to see what the future holds. In all seriousness, best of luck to Ben Harris. I hope he finds a place that he can play right away. But there is one less QB in the quarterback room, Parker Thune.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, kind of predictable. We didn't know it was going to be Ben Harris, but it just seemed. It was increasingly unlikely that all of those quarterbacks were going to stick around. Because after you brought in Dylan Gabriel, you signed Nick Evers, you brought in not one but two transfers in Davis Bevel and General Booty, had four scholarship quarterbacks ahead of Ben Harris. It was just increasingly clear that there was never going to be a path to playing time for him. And he's a guy, Tyler, that has a lot more talent than your average walk-on. He's good enough to play somewhere, just not Oklahoma. So this is a move that makes sense for Ben Harris, especially with all the depth that's now in front of him at the quarterback position at OU.
0: Yeah, I I thought we were kind of done with portal season just because of the deadline. Obviously, that's not the case. Uh, You lost an offensive lineman, Daryl Simpson, uh, earlier this week. Now you lose Ben Harris. Maybe there's another you know, player or two that enters into the portal, but Parker, by, by this point, I feel pretty solid that if there are any more additional portal entries, it's going to be guys that were very far down the roster and, you know, the writing was on the wall that if they want to play somewhere, it's probably not going to be at, be at OU.
1: Exactly. And, I think the harsh reality is, as you look at the quarterback room right now, Tyler, somebody else is going to transfer at some point. Maybe not this season, but Davis Bevel has three years of eligibility left. Nick Evers has all four. General Booty has three. One of those three guys, if not multiple, is going to realize that they have the chance to go start somewhere, and they're going to take off for greener pastures. There will be portal activity both – inbound and outbound at the quarterback position for Oklahoma pretty much every single offseason going forward. Obviously, Dylan Gabriel is your starter in 2022. That is not up for debate, but I think you will see a similar exodus of at least one, if not multiple, QBs after spring ball next year because you get Jackson Arnold into the fold. You have the makings of what could legitimately be a four-man battle at the quarterback position between Arnold Arnold Evers, Booty, and Bevel at least one of those guys is going to realize, you know what, it's not going to happen for me here. I better go somewhere where I can play.
0: Yeah. Uh, quickly on the text line, by the way, if you, if you didn't hear, OU Nebraska week three in Lincoln, that has been announced as an 11 a.m. kick on Fox. It's a big noon game. Dallas Bill says, what are the odds we will have a 70-30 split in the stands with all of us hitting the road? That is a very aggressive number, especially for a fan base that has all the consecutive sellouts that they've had. Here's the deal. OU fans are really pumped up about this trip. Nebraska fans, though, are equally as pumped up about this game as well. I was looking on StubHub, and you only get a certain allotment for road games each school. OU will sell out that allotment easily. I'm guessing that they probably already have. But if you want to go to the secondary market where most people are probably going to have to go, Parker, already now, and and maybe they'll drop a little bit before the game. I don't think it's going to drop all that much. After fees for uh, end zone seat way up, like maybe the worst seat in the house, you're looking at a $200 ticket. So I don't think I would project a 70-30 split. I think an 80-20 split at a place like Nebraska would be incredible. But I do think there's going to be a lot of OU fans that roll into Lincoln for that game. But the ticket's not going to be easy. Not yeah. e- not easy at all. Especially if Nebraska is undefeated going into that game.
1: Yeah, I mean, what's the capacity up there at Memorial Stadium? Something like 90,000, if I recall correctly. If you can get 20,000 Sooner fans in the building that day, that is probably best case scenario. That Sooner is going to be packed out first and foremost with the Husker faithful as it is every weekend. So, now 70-30 split is probably out of the realm of possibility, at least out of the realm of plausibility. But, as Tyler mentioned last segment, Sooner fans are going to travel well for this game. They will. There will be a significant contingent of Sooner faithful in attendance because, like I said... This is a big non-conference football game. This is a non-conference game that you can get excited about as an Oklahoma football fan. And that doesn't happen every year on the non-conference slate. It's not every year that you have a game of this magnitude that you can legitimately get fired up about.
0: Yeah, I mean, this game means... It's a big game for OU, don't get me wrong. But it's a bigger game for Nebraska. Like, this could you know, have a pretty big hand in determining if the Scott Frost era continues or it ends at the end of the season. This is a huge game for Nebraska, maybe one of the biggest in the entirety of the Scott Frost era. And again, Nebraska fans aren't just going to easily give up their tickets for this game. The OU-Nebraska rivalry means a lot to them, too. OU hasn't been there since 2009, so secondary market is where a lot of us are going to have to go, me included, and I, I got a feeling for not a very good seat, we're probably going to have to pay over 200 bucks a ticket to go there, but it's all right. Hey, man, I, I think it's going to be an amazing road trip. I think it's going to be a really close football game. Um, I'd pick OU probably to win by single digits right now, but it's it's going to be a pricey road trip, man, and, and, and you know. You know that Lincoln hotels are just going to absolutely gouge you that weekend too. I guess you could stay in Omaha, but if you're staying in Lincoln, I'm going to guess you better you better get ready to pay some serious coin to stay there.
1: Yeah, you'll have to fork over some fork over some dime for sure. Uh Omaha's going to be the place to be though. I've said this before on this show, and obviously I'm a little bit partial because I'm from there, but Omaha's got a lot more going on on a Friday night than Lincoln does. Just putting that out there.
0: Really? I mean, even for a football weekend, though, you wouldn't rather be in Lincoln where it's all going to happen? You'd rather be in Omaha? I would
1: rather, much rather be in Lincoln, I would say, for the after party on Saturday. But yeah. Friday night, nah, go to Omaha.
0: How, how's, their, how's their setup? You know, like Campus Corner is walking distance to the stadium. Do they have an area like that that's... What's it, like the Haymarket District or something like that? Is that walking distance?
1: Yes, it is. So, yeah, the whole area around the stadium and around campus is very, very walkable. I'm not really sure what the the scene is. I know there's a lot of turnover with local businesses there, especially in the wake of the pandemic. So uh, I also haven't been there in probably, oh, what, five years by now? Five, six years? So I don't know how much has changed. But, yeah, it's all very walkable.
0: Would you would you say it's a cool college town or no? I mean, you're you're high on Omaha. It's where you're from, but is, is Lincoln a cool college town? It,
1: it kind of depends on what your qualifications for cool college town are. Like, it, it's very much like Norman in the sense that great bars that are
0: walkable to the stadium. That's okay. That's how well, I, I s- qualify. See,
1: I, I'm not much of a bar hopper, so I I don't pretend to be an authority on that matter, but. It's similar to Norman in that the town kind of revolves around the college. You know, like Lincoln is the University of Nebraska.
0: Sure. Uh, someone asking how far it is from Omaha to Lincoln. What would you say, 45 minutes? Yeah, 30 to segment? 45
1: minutes, depending on which part of town you stay in.
0: So, all right. Well, make a pre- I would make preparations now. Just saying. Someone on the text line saying they paid $500. Wow. Yeah, you're going to have to drop some coin to uh, get a ticket to that football game. I would make preparations now to go to Lincoln, Omaha, wherever you're staying, because uh, it's uh, it's going to be a pricey trip, but it's going to be an awesome trip as well. All right, 405-651-3439 is the text line. We'll get into some croutin' coming up next right here on The Ref. It's the home of Souter fans. Elite Roofing Systems. Bringing you this hour of Locked In with McComas and Thune. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, live on the ref. We're the home of fans. Elite Roofing System, they're servicing all of Oklahoma's roofing needs. Locally owned and operated, headquartered in Norman and Tulsa, and serving customers in the greater Oklahoma City area since 2010. Give Elite Roofing Systems a call today. 405-361-3094. Tulsa, 918 918- 984-5475 or EliteRoofing.com. All right, I have a 2 parts OU recruiting question for you. So the first part of it is, you know, we talked yesterday about how active OU is right now in the states of Georgia and Florida, and I know that Todd Bates and I know that Britt Venables have a lot of connections down in the southeast, but would that be possible, OU really trying to get into those areas? if it wasn't for the upcoming addition to the SEC like how big is the upcoming SEC move how critical is that for them really trying to get into Georgia and Florida
1: i think it's gravy To be honest, Tyler, I think the Sooners would still be able to make that play into the SEC because of Brent Venables and Todd Bates, but I think because Oklahoma is getting ready to make the move to the SEC, that just makes Norman, Oklahoma, all the more of an alluring destination to elite prospects from the Southeast because they think, well, not only can I go play for these coaches that are very well respected regionally, but I can stay in the SEC and do it.
0: Okay, so the second part of that is Ross Dellinger of SI Now said, okay, well, if they do the 3-6 scheduling model in the SEC, here's just a guess as to what we think it could look like. And OU was in a pod with uh, Texas. They were in a pod with Missouri. And the shocker, which was the Florida. Like, OU Florida? O- okay, that's interesting. I kind of like that. Should OU really root for whatever scheduling model they go to? Let's just say 3-6. and six, should OU you really root for a school like Florida and Georgia to be in their permanent rivalry, so they'll have more of a footprint, if you want to call it, in that in, the, in that part of the Southeast? Or is that not going to be a big big deal in the end? I
1: don't know. You just you don't want to manufacture a rivalry, Tyler. That's the deal. You can't force those things. They either happen or they don't, right? Because you remember, you remember when Bob Diaco tried to make the civil conflict a thing between UCF and oh, UConn? Yeah. That's literally like the most laughable yes. rivalry in the history of college football, and literally nobody cared about it but Bob Diaco. So as soon as he was uh, done as head coach, uh, then that re- the rivalry, the trophy disappeared. Like, the rivalry went completely on the fritz. So. Uh, I, I would say this. I'm
0: just wondering though, if you play a game in Georgia and Florida more often, if that would help your recruiting efforts at all in those areas.
1: Yeah, I, I and I think it would. I also think you can hope that one of those series with one of those opponents, like a Georgia or a Florida or a Florida, for instance, becomes more of a rivalry than you're counting on because regional rivalries can just as easily be forced as they can be natural, right? Oklahoma and Texas is one of the great regional rivalries of all time. Nebraska and Iowa are trying to manufacture a regional rivalry right now and have been for the past decade, and it's just not one that anyone cares about. But then again, you don't necessarily have to have rivals that are from directly adjacent states or even interstate. Think about USC and Notre Dame, For instance, those schools are nowhere in geographic proximity to one another, but they play every single year in what has become one of the more fabled rivalry series in the history of college football. So you can certainly count on that. You can say, hey, you know what? Let's hope that maybe our matchups with Florida or our matchups with Georgia or even our matchups with Alabama or Auburn, start to develop into something where there's some bitterness between the fan bases. And we get competitive games every year. And this evolves into a rivalry series that people begin to take seriously.
0: Yeah. Well, hey, it's the first point that I've heard that says, uh, hey, maybe here's why Missouri would be a good idea. And not that Kansas City is, you know, nine hours away from Norman or anything, but if you had to play Missouri every single year, I've been vocal. I'm not a fan of that. I hope that does not happen. But OU is being very active in that St. Louis, Kansas City area. I don't think that that's going to slow down. Maybe. I don't know. It helps you out if you play a game every year in Columbia. Who knows? All right. Um, text line wants to know if OU is SOL with Derek LeBlanc. He And I've been mean to ask you this this week, man. He put out a tweet, I think it was last weekend, that says – all the real dog or all the big dogs stay in Florida. I I don't know if you saw that, but what's the situation there with Derek LeBlanc? Okay, here's –
1: and I've spoken to a pretty connected source down in the state of Florida. Here's what I know, Tyler. Here's what I know. I know this is going to come down to OU in Florida. And I know Derek LeBlanc is telling people in both the Oklahoma camp and the Florida camp that he's going there, that he's looking at going there. Uh, that he wants to be there, in essence. And uh, this individual that I spoke to down in the Sunshine State said exactly what people on the outskirts that follow the recruitment have known for quite a long time. He said, listen, Derek LeBlanc's full of crap, man. And it's hard to tell, <laughs> it's hard to tell exactly what that means and exactly how he's full of crap, but people just are increasingly coming to terms with the fact that this kid is just pulling everybody's leg to a certain yeah. extent. And I think that's what that tweet is. I don't think it's an indication that he's 100% going to Florida or Miami. And, again, I will continue to bring up the fact that it just doesn't make sense for Derek LeBlanc to keep coming back to Oklahoma on his own dime if he's not serious about Oklahoma. So, again, this is is not something where I am overwhelmingly confident that OU is in the driver's seat, but I know they're in it, and I know that – well, I I can tell you this for a fact – I promise you, nobody is going to know with actual certainty where Derek LeBlanc is going until the second he puts on the hat.
0: All the big dogs stay in the state of Florida. Eyeball emoji. That's that's what he tweeted out a few days ago. Uh, 2023 defensive lineman, what, four-star out of Kissimmee, Florida. So, yeah, that's that's an interesting situation. Someone's really wanting to know, because they've texted it three times, ask Parker what he thinks OU's 2023 defensive line haul is going to look like.
1: Well, you got a whole bunch of names and a whole bunch of guys that could be in the picture. Look, it all revolves around David Hicks. He is the biggest fish in the pond at any position for Oklahoma in the class of 2023, and I do expect that that one is going to come down to Oklahoma, to Texas A&M, and maybe Oregon, but if you get David Hicks, man, that is a legitimate game-changer. Yeah, it is. G- David Hicks has generational talent type of potential. That is a guy that is instantly going to be in the mix to start along the defensive line. doesn't matter who he's going up against. I've said many a time he might actually be the best high school player I've ever watched in person with my own two eyes. That's how good he is. You, you understand once you watch him why he is the number four player in the nation behind, I believe, three quarterbacks. Malachi Nelson, Arch Manning, and uh, Nico Iamaleava. If I recall correctly, I could be wrong on that, but I know for sure Arch and Malachi are number two in this class. Beyond David Hicks... You have Derek LeBlanc, like I said, very much in play for Oklahoma. Amari Washington, four-star defensive lineman out of Chandler, Arizona, is a kid that there hasn't been a whole lot of buzz regarding him in Oklahoma, but he is going to take an official visit with the Sooners at the Champion Barbecue. So he is in play. Caden McDonald, a childhood friend of Jackson Arnold from the state of Georgia, North Gwinnett High School, he is in play as well. So if you're talking about interior defensive linemen, those are the four I would focus on. I don't think Oklahoma ends up making a significant run at Peter Woods. I think he still goes to Alabama. I think much the same with Vic Burley. That's a fun possibility to theorize about the Sooners land in Vic Burley. I'm not convinced it happens. Then when you're talking about that defensive end slash edge position, really like where the Sooners sit with P.J. uh, Adabare and then beyond him, you're looking at one or more of by job, Colton Vosick, Darion Gallette, and Blake Purchase. But PJ Atabari is the guy that you can really count on, I would say, at the edge.
0: Yeah. Uh Jim in Arlington wants to know, has there been any negative recruiting either because Muleshoe, the great quarterback whisperer, is gone or because Brent Venables has never been a head coach. You don't want to go there. Just curious if there's been any. In terms of the great quarterback whisperer being gone, I'm sure someone has tried to throw that out, but – it doesn't look like it's working all that well. You got Jackson Arnold, who may get his fifth star coming up soon. You were able to close late on a quarterback last year. They've got several, what, 2024 quarterbacks, elite quarterbacks that they're in on. And if you want to say, well, the quarterback whisper is gone, it's not like you hired a bum at OC, Parker. You actually got an OC that's got a whole lot of skins on the wall and has done some really nice things offensively at both UCF and Ole Miss. So, Jim, I'm sure that that's happened, but it doesn't really feel like it's working all that well if it is kyle
1: Brokenbow says i used to worry about parker being a corn husker spy i think he got that ou dna though
0: i still think you are a corn husker spy Re- c-
1: come on tyler
0: honest. trying to get us all to stay in omaha and i see what you're doing you're trying to get us all to stay in omaha if i were a corn husker spy saturday why would i want
1: you away from lincoln
0: well, because you want us to, like, show up late, miss the game. It's 11 a.m. No, stay in Omaha. No, the traffic's not bad. It's 45 minutes away. It's fine. You want us to stay in Omaha and miss kickoff. I, I Dude, I, I see it, man. It's all good.
1: I, I, I just I don't have any tolerance for ineptitude, Tyler. It pains me <laughs> that there are people who think I would associate with it.
0: Uh, One more. By the way, Britt Vittables is going to join us next hour at 3.20. Just uh, got oh, that one confirmed. Oh, so, uh, yeah, that's going to be fun. Big Bad Wolf says, I'm going to go ahead and get my Nebraska OU tickets tonight so I don't see have to see the price skyrocket. Now, Parker, I don't know about you, but when it comes to tickets to any event, whether it be a concert or a game that I'm going to, whatever, I am the most impatient person alive. Now, by logic, you know, you you wait around, see what the scalpers are doing, wait till right at game time, and then maybe you save yourself 50, 75, 100 bucks. I'm a psycho, though. I can't do that. I've got to have tickets before the road trip even starts. So in theory, um, you, you might want to wait closer to game time to buy your tickets. But here's the deal, Parker. I think Nebraska might be undefeated going into that game. I actually think that they're going to beat Northwestern and a couple other cupcake teams they have to play before they play OU. There's a chance that those tickets get more expensive if both teams roll into that game undefeated in week three, which I think is probably going to happen.
1: I, I I would hope Nebraska is undefeated going into that. Like, if they can't get through the first two weeks of the season unscathed, then it kind of just takes the air out of everybody's sails for that contest. Because what you want, Tyler, is you want the Husker fans to walk into that game believing they have a chance. Like you yeah, don't want wow. them to spawn it. You want the smoke. You want the smack talk. You want them thinking, oh, boy, well, they're they're coming to our building this year. We're going to take care of them.
0: It would be pretty fun to uh, send them home with a pretty sad, sour feeling. Just saying. Especially after 01, especially after 09 up there. Yeah, that'd be a pretty good time. 405-651-3439. Keep the text rolling. Britt Venables joining us next hour at 320. Be sure to tune in for that. It is the ref, live on the Homeless Suitor fans. Final segment, locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, live at the Omni Hotel in Oklahoma City, getting ready for the OU Coaches Caravan. Come on out tonight. 6.30 is when it starts. A lot of the ref family is going to be here handing out free T-shirts as well. Soonersports.com slash caravan. And uh, a heads up to anyone who's coming, it floor two uh, is, uh, is where we're going to be. So go find the elevators when you walk in, uh, floor two, and uh, I think you're going to see us. It should be an awesome night. All right, uh, Air Coverage Solutions text line before we get out of here. Uh, on another note, Sooner fan from Austin here who drove up for the spring game. Would love for us to continue that atmosphere every year. Could OU turn the spring game into an annual homecoming of sorts as it exists now for former players? I think that's kind of the expectation after year one, Parker. I don't know if they're, like, discussing that right now or anything, but I don't think the discussion is to have as many people show up for the spring game in terms of fan as they did this year and just want it to be a 30,000 thing ordeal next year. I'm sure they want the same attendance, and I'm sure that the former players, that'll be a big weekend for all of them to come back. That makes all the sense in the world to me.
1: Well, and it seems like Brent Venables wants that to happen, right? He wants alumni representation of the football program as much so as possible at the spring game. So, yeah, I would figure that this will become something of an annual tradition where you have 100-plus alumni on hand.
0: This one says, I'm a friend of the Thompson family. I want to see Casey do well, but Nebraska is just a polished turd, Casey being the polish. Same team, different QB. Um, I, Look, I don't think that they're going to win nine games this year, but I heard you say earlier with Steely, I think it was in the first segment of the show, that you think Nebraska is going to be better than they were last year. Because of Casey Thompson, because of Oshawn Mathis, I think I I think I agree with you. Lose well, some pieces defensively, but I think offensively they got a chance to be better for sure. Yeah.
1: Well, let's acknowledge that being better than last year isn't saying a whole heck of a lot because they went three and nine last year.
0: But yeah, I I know, but a lot of close a lot of close losses, man.
1: Yeah, I I I would hope they make a bowl game this year. They've got that kind of talent on the roster right now, and they haven't been to a bowl game since the 2016 season. So, you look at what they've brought in, you figure, okay, this is the year they finally get the monkey off their back and make a bowl under Scott Frost.
0: Yeah, did you see? Uh, is it Mabry Matower's tweet from earlier today? His brother is McCade Matower, who plays on the offensive line, Mabry a pretty big-time quarterback prospect in the state of Texas. He, uh, like, quote-tweeted a graphic on the OU offensive line, and it has five guys listed. Anton Harrison, McCade Matower at guard, Andrew Rame in the middle, which I'm guessing is center, Chris Murray at right guard, Wanye Morris at right tackle. I feel like that graphic is an accurate representation of what the starting five on the O-line is going to look
1: like. Yeah, whoever made that graphic must be a listener of our show because that's exactly who we've been saying is going to be the starting five on the offensive line for the Sooners literally for probably three or four months now.
0: Yeah. Hey, before we get out of here, um, 2022, OU got a quarterback. 2023, you got Jackson Arnold committed. Where are they at on 2024 in QBs that they're looking for that? I
1: would say let's let's see in the next couple weeks whether Michael Hawkins, the four-star quarterback out of Allen High School, makes it up for a camp because I think if he shows up to camp at Oklahoma and performs the way I expect him, a lot of people expect him to perform, he'll end up getting an offer. And if he gets an offer, that recruitment could be over very quickly.
0: Yeah, OU legacy. His dad is uh, Michael Hawkins. Played at Oklahoma, and yeah, got to think if he gets that offer, OU be in pretty good shape. All right, that'll do it for Parker. He'll be up here tonight. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans.